Friday, May 3rd, 2019. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City right here in Denver, Colorado. You know, we get together every single weekday, and we talk sports with a dose of common sense. We are very happy to have you here with us today. Happy Friday to you. We have made it through another week, and of course, today is National Paranormal Day. Yes, each year on this day, all people who believe in paranormal activities are encouraged to get together and share their experiences with each other. Paranormal, of course, is a term used to describe occurrences that just can't be explained by ordinary scientific measures. They are outside of the norm. And, you know, even those who don't believe in the paranormal can participate in National Paranormal Day. And, yes, even sports fans can participate in National Paranormal Day. Because I'm telling you right now, there are things that we see every single day, all the time in sports. They don't make any sense. They completely defy science. You can't tell me it's all just normal. There are a number of paranormal things in the world of sports that we see every day. Like, for instance, why was NFL defensive lineman Warren Sapp that fast, considering he was also that fat? Like, that didn't make any sense. That defies science or how does duke superstar zion williamson jump that high considering how big of a dude he is i mean again it just defies science i can't explain it i don't know if science can explain it but it happens or even why the best player in the history of the national basketball association can join a team that was contending for the playoffs and completely destroy them and make them so much worse when we all know he's the best player in the history of ever. How does that happen? I don't know. I can't explain it. Science can't explain it. But we do see these things happen in sports all the time. Hey, if you'd like to contact us, maybe tell us what sports phenomena that you can't explain. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosports at gmail.com, or you can go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at dailydosports doesn't have to be about the paranormal. Maybe you've got a question. Maybe you've got a suggestion. Maybe you have a comment for us here at The Dose. Reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. Also, be sure that you stop by tpublic.com where you can find the latest Daily Dose gear over there. They've got hoodies, sweatshirts, t-shirts, a number of Daily Dose items over there. Just go to tpublic.com, search Daily Dose, and scroll down until you see our logo. Click on that and you will find a number of Daily Dose items that you can order. So make sure you stop by tpublic.com. Hey, today on the show, we are going to be finishing up our 2019 NFL draft grades with Big Rob. You know, we have the AFC and the NFC West divisions today. And you just know I have a few opinions on how I think my Denver Broncos did in that draft. Going to get to that in just a minute. You know, there's really... Not a whole lot of news we really need to get to today. I mean, Boston Celtics president Danny Ainge had a mild heart attack. I guess we could talk about that. Brooklyn Nets guard D'Angelo Russell was cited for marijuana possession. I didn't even know that was still a thing. So not a whole lot of news that we really need to get to. So I guess we can get over to our NFL draft grades. Wait, what's that? Okay. Yeah, we'll take a look at this. Let's see. I was given a new story here from the Daily Dose I team. Let's see what it is that they have to say. Uh, Okay, researchers in the United Kingdom have found traces of illicit drugs, pharmaceuticals, and pesticides in samples of freshwater shrimp. A study 
carried out by scientists from King's College London and the University of Suffolk tested the exposure of wildlife-like freshwater shrimp to different micropollutants at 15 different sites in the county of Suffolk, England. Scientists were surprised to find illicit drugs in the shrimp in rural England with cocaine found in all samples of the shrimp. What? That's kind of bizarre. Here's what Leon Barron from King's College London had to say. Such regular occurrence of illicit drugs in wildlife was surprising. We might expect to see these in urban areas such as London, but not in smaller and more rural catchments. He says that sources of finding cocaine in the shrimp are not clear, but that they are consistently finding cocaine in the shrimp over in Suffolk, England. I mean, that's kind of a bizarre story. Granted, it's not really a sports story. I don't know why the Daily Dose I-Team would give me that, but whatever. It is an interesting story, I guess. Cocaine in shrimp over in England. Who knew? Okay, we are going to get... Wait, what's that? Another one? Okay, here's a little more breaking news that we apparently have coming in right now. I guess, yeah, go ahead and play the music. Apparently, TMZ is reporting that they have spotted Golden Boy boxing promoter Oscar De La Hoya in Suffolk, England, purchasing a new shrimpin' boat. Oh, okay, I understand. Now, this story comes to us from the Daily Dose I-Team. I don't know, probably John or Rob or somebody. Doesn't Oscar De La Hoya have better things to do? I mean, doesn't Canelo Alvarez fight Daniel Jacobs this weekend in Vegas? I would think he should win that. But shouldn't Oscar be in Vegas, like, greasing judges, not chasing cocaine shrimp in the United Kingdom? What a bizarre story. I'm telling you, the Daily Dose I-Team nails it every single time. They do find news that no one else finds. Who knew? Shrimp in England showing up with cocaine and now apparently breaking news, Oscar De La Hoya over there looking for shrimp. Still no shrimp, Lieutenant Dang. Well, how are we going to find them? Kind of a bizarre day here on The Dose. Hey, coming back, we need to finish up our conversation with Daily Dose I-Team member Big Rob as we hand out some way too early 2019 NFL draft grades. We will have the AFC and NFC West when we get back. Hey, just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping you need to do, maybe you have a birthday coming in the month of May, and don't forget about Mother's Day in the month of May. Maybe you just want to buy something for yourself. You might as well head over to LootCrate.com forward slash Daily Dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. May's Loot Crate theme is now out, and it is called Nemesis. Dark forces are gathering in this month's crate. That's right. Your nemesis is here. Shake your fist dramatically at a collection of villainous pop culture gear featuring nefarious ne'er-to-do-wells. May's Loot Crate theme features items from Jaws, Ghostbusters, and many other franchises. But if those franchises maybe don't interest you, remember, you can always go over to Loot Crate. You can choose from a number of different crates. And if you have a specific franchise in mind, trust me, they probably have a crate for that franchise. You can also order a monthly subscription of crates that will arrive in your mailbox every single month and you can always skip months if you don't like what's coming. Or you can just order individual items from whatever franchise you want and trust me, they have just about any franchise you can think of. But the best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just make sure you type daily dose in the coupon box we are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for tuning in to The Daily Dose. So all week, we have been fortunate enough here at The Daily Dose to be joined by Daily Dose contributor Big Rob. We've been breaking down the 2019 NFL Draft. 
and we have now made it team by team through every division in the league except for the final two. Today, we are going to be looking at the AFC and NFC West divisions. Let's finish up that conversation with Rob right now. Let's move on to the AFC West. The AFC West last year, it was a two-team race between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers. Both qualified for the playoffs, both won a postseason game, and then you also had Denver and Oakland like miles behind in the dust wondering what in the world you know happened. I don't know if that's going to change this year. Let's start off with a team. Mm, I'm struggling to talk about this one, but let's start off with the Denver Broncos. Rob, I'm not happy. I thought the Denver Broncos were going to screw up this draft. I really did. But early on, they teased me a little bit. They made me think they might do the right thing. They trade down from that number 10 pick. They go down 10 picks to the number 20 pick, and they take Iowa tight end Noah Fant. Yes, they have other needs, but they got, I think, a decent player there. I would have rather maybe seen them take an inside linebacker. We know they need that, but they need a tight end. So I'm okay with that. Maybe they didn't like Devin Bush. Maybe they think Fant is a player. Okay, I understand that. But the Broncos had two second round picks. The first one, they take Kansas State offensive lineman Dalton Risner. I'm not completely sold on him. He's okay. But I saw him getting spun around like a top when he faced Montez Sweat this year against Texas A&M. Okay, again, maybe they went with the guy who they think is the best player. Then though, John Elway trades three picks to move up like five spots. Really? That many picks? And draft Missouri quarterback Drew Locke. So every other team in the league thinks it's wise to avoid Drew Locke. And John Elway is saying, you're all wrong except me. I'm the only smart guy in the room. Uh, Rob, just talking about the Broncos is going to get me angry. What did you have uh, for the Broncos at uh, this uh, draft? Uh, Broncos, I gave them a C plus. Oh, wow, you're nice. Uh, I like the Noah fan, like you said, uh, especially with Flacco. Uh, he's always been a uh, tight end guy. Yeah, he has. So I like that. I knew Drew Locke was coming. I'm surprised they didn't get him earlier. That's what so, worried me. Because they did wait as long as they did. They probably should have waited longer. Yeah. If they were going to draft like him at all. Like the seventh round or the so, eighth round. <laughs> so that's, what, that, that, that's why I gave him the C+. Plus. Like I said, I didn't love the pick. I knew the Drew Locke was coming, and he wait, always waited as long as he could. And so oh, for he that. Was, he was dying just waiting <laughs> as long as he did, wasn't he? You know, I, I, I hate to say this, but I, I'm wondering if they just drafted another Jay Cutler. Because he's got a big arm. I don't know that he's as big of a jerk as Jake. I don't know if anyone's as big of a jerk as Jake Cutler, but it, he's not a great leader. He doesn't really win games. He's not all that highly accurate. He's got a huge arm. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm struggling. Now, the Broncos did grab Ohio State defensive lineman Draymond Jones. I think that is a good value in the third round. But then they take an outside linebacker when they needed an inside linebacker. Then they take a wide receiver out of Colorado who has never even played because he blew his knee out. Uh, and I know what they're saying. They're saying, well, he might be good, but I'm looking at the wide receiver saying he never played, so he might be bad too. I just, I don't like what the Denver Broncos did at all, and I'm angry. What'd you give them? Well, I'm not going to give them an F. <laughs> I'm not. I, I want to give them an F, but I'm not going to. I'm going to give them a G because they're going to go a grade below an F. And I'll tell you why it's lower than an F. Because you might hear that and you might think you're just a hater. I, I, I'm born and raised Denver Broncos fan. But here's the problem. John Elway is drunk with power, and he also might be drunk with alcohol. But here's the thing. I, I don't think he has any idea what he's doing anymore. I want you to think about this just a little bit. because, And here's the biggest problem. There's no ownership right now to put him in check and hold him accountable for what he's doing. So he's basically got a blank check. But he's doing whatever he wants. He's just 
running amok right now, but I want you to think about this. You just went and spent a ton of money on Joe Flacco to band-aid up the mistake that you made with Case Keenum, who was band-aiding up the mistake they made with Paxton Lynch, who was band-aiding up the mistake they made with Brock Osweiler. Do you see the trend here? Hey, at this point, you should have just kept Trevor Simeon and then drafted someone next year because it couldn't have been any worse. At least you wouldn't have been blowing all this money like a drunken sailor on shore leave. Elway has lost touch with reality. I'm giving the Broncos a G because an F seems like it's too good. Oh, the Broncos are getting my blood pressure up and now I need a drink again. Rob, they've got me angry. I can tell. tell. I don't like it. <laughs> and Drew Locke, everyone else is looking at him and saying he's not a starter. Mm-hmm. Elway is saying he is a starter. But in the meantime, we're going to go with Joe Flacco until this kid is ready to take the reins. I don't think either one of them are starters. I don't either. Like you said, the same thing, you know, keeps happening uh, season over season with the quarterbacks. And it's just kind of ironic that it's Elway, a quarterback, that, yes. just, that can't get it right. No. Um, and like I said, I just, I, I knew the Drew Lock thing was coming. Um, like I said, he waited as long as he possibly could. Oh, it was killing him. <laughs> you know what I think he does though? I think he looks at Drew Lock and he's like, well, he's a lot like me. He's got the same, you know, kind of blondy hair and he's got a big arm and he looks like a big, strong kid. And he didn't win that much in college, but I didn't win that much in college. Yeah. There's a huge difference between the two. For one, college football, the landscape is not the same as it was when Elway was in school. He was at Stanford at the time they, you know, had the grades thing. Yeah. You, you know, it was very, very different. Drew Locke was at Missouri in the SEC East, which was winnable every year. Except You could have at least competed for the SEC. They didn't really do that right. under Drew Locke. And the other thing, I don't think Elway takes into account the drive that he had to win, the leadership that he had to take his teammates who maybe weren't as good and carry them to another level. Drew Locke doesn't do that. None of these guys do that. Yeah. Like I said, it's almost like more like he was the exception. Yes. More so. And then he looks like you said, and he sees it's a big guy with a big arm, but that's, you know, there's more to it now. Than Way that. more to it. It's such a nuanced position in a nuanced sport. There are so many different things that you have to be able to do. And I don't know that Drew Locke does anything, but Elway just looks and goes, well, he's big. He's got blonde hair and he's got a big arm. So that, that should be everything I need, yeah. isn't it? No, it's not. And every year you keep screwing this up. Oh, it is just painful. And he's got Matt Russell, drunk Matt Russell, giving him advice. What in the world is going on? Last year, we finally get a good draft because Gary Kubiak, what they say, Gary Kubiak basically orchestrated that draft. Mm -hmm. This year, we're right back to stupid. And here's the worst part about it. Denver fans are swallowing it up like, oh, we finally got our guy. I got bad news for you. No, you didn't. Mm -mm. You got another Paxton Lynch, another Brock Osweiler, another Case Keenum, another Joe Flacco. This isn't going to go probably any better. And if it did, who cares? Because you're already $50 million in the hole on your quarterbacks. Oh, my God. Rob, we have to change this conversation. I got to move on. I need another drink before I... It's making me angry. It's frustrating me. Okay, let's move on. Because I'm just going to get more and more angry. Okay, the Kansas City Chiefs are starting to look like... We talked about him you know, previously. They might be planning for life after Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs had already given away basically all their picks for defensive end Frank Clark last week, so they didn't have that much, but they did go get Georgia wide receiver McCole Hardman. Now, Hardman doesn't seem to have any domestic dispute issues, so he may not check all the boxes for the Chiefs, but he is a decent player. He's fast. He's pretty dangerous. I know they'd probably prefer someone that could, you know, give a female a good sound beating, but they didn't get, you know, all those things. They did also take Western Illinois defensive tackle Kalen Saunders. 
could be a decent pickup. But basically, the Chiefs traded away most of their draft for Clark, so he better produce, but I, I think he will. Yeah, um, C-plus for me. Um, yep. I think Hardman is the Tyreek Hill replacement, hopefully, is what they were thinking. So I think they tried to address that. But like I said, other than that, they, did, they really didn't have a lot. So yeah, I'm going to say C-plus. I went C-plus also. The one concern I have, they didn't address that cornerback. And I do think they need some corners. And we saw against the New England Patriots, as Tom Brady is carving them up like a Thanksgiving ham, he's just doing whatever he wants. They didn't have the corners to step up and, hey, they lost Marcus Peters. We know that. That hurt them a little bit. They needed some corners and they didn't do that. Also over the weekend, in addition to the Tyreek Hill stuff, we got news that Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes is going to be on the cover of next year's Madden video game. So good luck with that. The Rob, curse. Rob, do you play Madden? I don't. I don't. You don't? I don't. The curse is real. The curse is real, yes. I know. There the is no is question real. about yeah. that. It, it happens. Mm-hmm. I, I mean... And, you know, we talked about this earlier as well. Patrick Mahomes is going to see some looks from defensive coordinators that he didn't see last year. They're going to take some things away. It's going to be interesting to see what he does. He's got a ton of skills, but it's going to, he's going to have to play some chess games with him now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think he'll still have a good season until the curse hits. But uh they didn't address the defense, too, which was their problem, not just with the Patriots. But, I yep. mean, pretty much all year. I mean, Mahomes is saving them, you know, game in, game out. He you carried know, that offense. Yeah. And the defense, um, if anything, got worse. Yeah, it might have. Yeah. They, they go pick up Frank Clark, but you probably spent way too much mm-hmm. for him. He's good. I don't know if he's that much of a difference maker. You lost, you know, D Ford, you lost Justin Houston. And so they lost some pieces. They're going to have to still see if we can figure out mm-hmm. this defense. Hey, you can go out there and hire the defensive coordinator all you want. And hey, we're going to fix everything. If you don't have the people, it doesn't really doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't really matter. Kansas City Chiefs are, are going to be kind of fun to see them develop and to kind of watch Patrick Mahomes develop and just see him as a quarterback. Now, the expectations, again, are going to be there. Is he going to be able to step up and meet him? Man, he was a stud last year, though. The Los Angeles Chargers are up next, and they probably needed to get some help on the offensive line, specifically at offensive tackle. There just weren't a whole lot of great prospects out there, so the Chargers instead went out and got Notre Dame defensive tackle Terry Gillery, or Jerry Tillery, whichever. They also did take Delaware safety Nasir Adderley. I think those are both very good picks. I gave the Chargers a C, though. That offensive line still isn't good. But with the problem the Chiefs are facing, maybe the Chargers can gain some ground on them. I don't know. Where did you have a Los Angeles Chargers? Um, I've got them at a B. Um, I think they had solid picks all around. Uh, yep. Nothing really, you know, stood out. But I, I could see the reasoning behind all the picks that they made. So I, I don't think they blew it. But like I said, nothing, you know, no real top picks that they had. So I, I think it was a solid B. It's kind of weird too because you're looking at Philip Rivers and you start thinking, okay, it's got to be soon here. But then you look across the league. These guys are playing well into their 40s. Mm-hmm. Maybe he still has another five years, which is really weird to think about, but he might. Yeah, uh, he's still playing at a high level. Like I said, I, I think he does. Yeah, probably has another two, three seasons at least, I would think. Yeah, it, Chargers, they might sneak up on everyone. They could end up challenging in that AFC West. But one team that I don't think is going to challenge in the AFC West, and that is our next one, final team over there is the Oakland Raiders. Now, the Raiders had three picks in the first round alone. They trade away pass rusher Khalil Mack. They trade away wide receiver Amari Cooper. The Raiders are going to turn things around with this first round. They have stacked up picks. John Gruden is making the call. He is going to get the guys. And maybe he did. Maybe he went and pulled the guys that no one else saw coming. (laughs) Rob, I'm looking at the Oakland Raiders picks, and I don't know if I get it. I don't either. Um, I got a C-minus from me. Same Um, here. I think... They did make good picks, but I felt like they made them too early. And yes. I just don't know if that's because they had so many 
what the case was. Um, but like I said, I like the picks that they made, but it just feels like they were, you know, uh, earlier than they needed to be. And a lot of the picks, it was kind of ironic, was almost replacing the people that they let go. Right. So it's like a lesser version of who you traded away. <laughs> well, and, and you hit the nail right on the head there because I, I think that's exactly what happened. I think they got good picks. I don't think they're horrible picks. I just don't know if they got great value right. on their picks. They might have spent a little, maybe you should have checked for a sale before you went and bought, you know, these items, but they go get Clemson defensive lineman, Cleveland Farrell, a good player. Now understand this. He did have some help down there right. because he had two, three other guys that also got drafted very, very highly. So it wasn't just him. I think Christian Wilkins might have been the best player on that defensive line, but Farrell's good. I just don't know if he's great. You get Alabama running back Josh Jacobs, powerful runner. We haven't seen much of him. So honestly, I don't know because he was splitting time back there and Alabama's offense was running over everyone. So it didn't really matter. We just didn't see him much. They also get Mississippi State safety, Jonathan Abram. Again, good, uh, great value. I, I don't know. I don't know if John Gruden has this thing turned around. I have no idea what to think about Gruden and the Raiders. Yeah, I don't either. Like I said, it's, you know, it's clearly him. I guess he has a master plan and we'll see how it turns out. I've got some questions about it, but, um, I mean, they've got a plan at least and they're trying to execute that and, and we'll see how it turns out. How much longer is Derek Carr their quarterback? I think he's gone soon. I do too. Yeah. I don't think him and Gruden get along at all. I don't think all. so either. Yeah. And John Gruden is hard on every quarterback he has. Mm. He really is. He's, he was tough on quarterbacks in Tampa. He was tough on quarterbacks. Everywhere he's been, going back to the Raiders the first time around. If you don't have that savvy veteran that just under, you need basically a Brad Johnson mm -hmm. that just goes, yeah, whatever. You can say whatever you want. I'm going to go out here and do what I do. Derek Carr is not that guy. Derek Carr looks like he has eyeliner on all the time. He's more sensitive than that, Rob. He can't take the verbal beatings that Gruden gives him. Yeah. And I think they started off on the wrong foot. Um, you know, bumped heads early on and. Uh, again, like we mentioned, um, you know, it's Gruden's, it's his plan. Carr's not his guy. So yeah, maybe, maybe Carr makes it through the season. But I mean, I, I think they're looking for his replacement already. It's just so interesting to me that, you know, they, they went out and they traded these guys away. And then all season you heard Gruden like, man, if only we had a pass rusher, we'd be right there. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. I wonder what happened. <laughs> <laughs> like you had a pass rusher. Where'd he go? Cause he's all of a sudden gone. It's weird. John Gruden's a weird dude. And I know he's basically been given the keys of the kingdom. But this is not a guy that built teams in the past. He walked into great situations and he was able to benefit from those. But he didn't build those teams. He didn't build Tampa. He didn't build Oakland the first time around. Yeah, great situations and also a long time ago. I mean, remember he hadn't, you know, he was yeah. out of coaching for a while and the league has changed a lot since he was last a coach. Yeah, that was, you know, a good decade ago. And now he's coming in and trying to run things like he did back then. Mm -hmm. Just like looking at Derek Carr. These are not the same kind of players. You have to approach these kids a little bit differently. I don't know that he does that. Gruden's out of his mind. I think I think the Raiders are going to be super fun to watch for that reason. And then they're going to, you know, just up and move to Vegas. And I think he wants a whole new team by the time they go to Vegas. Mm -hmm. I don't think he wants this team that he has right now. Marshawn Lynch, I guess, is also retiring too. So you needed, I mean, you needed this running back that they picked up. I don't know. The Raiders are going to be a lot of fun. Last division that we have to talk about with our NFL draft grades that I know are way too early, but we just don't care. Another two-team race out in the NFC West as the Los Angeles Rams made it to the Super Bowl. I think the Seattle Seahawks actually exceeded expectations. The Cardinals and the 49ers could be improving. It could be at least, you know, becoming a little more interesting to watch. I think they still got a ways to go. Let's start off with those Arizona Cardinals. 
the Cardinals were the worst team in the NFL last year, and they got the reward of getting the top overall pick in the 2019 NFL draft. Of course, they went and got Oklahoma quarterback Kyler Murray. They did also get Washington cornerback Byron Murphy, and I really like Massachusetts wide receiver Andy Isabella. I like what the Cardinals did here. I went with an A-, minus, but these moves have a lot of risk. Uh, yeah, I've got it the same. A minus. Uh, like I said, I liked all the picks that they made. I think they're good picks, good players. Obviously, you know, you'll never know, you know, how it's going to turn out, but you know, where they picked, where they got everybody, you know, I was okay with it. I, I thought they did a good job. You know, and one of the key areas that they're having a big risk at is that head coach because they have Cliff Kingsbury. He was an average coach at best at Texas Tech. Now he's been given, you know, the power down in Arizona. Like that alone is a little bit crazy, but it's not just that. Kyler Murray is not going to have much help around him. He's going to have a lot on his plate. This could go bad really, really fast, but it's kind of weird because, and we talked about this before we started recording, in a bad quarterback year, you went with a quarterback with the number one pick. Hey, gutsy, might pay off huge. It's also really risky. Very, uh, like I said, cause quarterbacks, um, you know, cause, cause you never really can tell. And it's, he's moving into a situation, like you said, that doesn't have a good offensive, doesn't have a good offensive line. Not a good offense. So just even if he is, you know, a top notch quarterback, you've got the learning curve from the NFL number one, but then just, you know, the offense and, and the weapons that you have number two around you. So you, you know, you're kind of starting behind. Well, and the biggest thing I want to watch from Kyler, can he get his teammates to buy in? Can he get guys to play around him? And I think he can. I think mm-hmm. he's that guy. I think when he was at Oklahoma, you saw his offense. They wanted to play hard for him. Yep. I think he has that. Here's the biggest thing I want to watch. Can he stay healthy? And that is my biggest concern for him. We talked about this last week on The Dose. Some of the biggest busts taken overall number one. It wasn't that they weren't that guy. It wasn't that they weren't without talent. They couldn't stay healthy for whatever reason, different Mm -hmm. reasons. Kyler Murray is a guy with his slight body. Dude, just stay healthy. Don't be Robert Griffin taking those huge hits to gain an extra yard. It doesn't pay off. Yeah, doesn't in the long run, like you said, you can't take those big hits, you know, especially not early on. And like I said, he's going to be, you know, under fire with this offensive line. So, you know, that's something he needs to learn quickly. On the other side, I'm looking at Arizona like, oh, I might actually watch a Cardinals game this year because he's going to be interesting. Yeah, at best. Um, like you said, it's something new, kind of like, uh, the Browns. Um, yes. From a couple of years ago, it's, you know, new face in there, you know, layman or people that maybe know, don't follow NFL. Yep. That tough, you know, we'll recognize the name. And so, like I said, at least for that, you know, first couple of weeks, you know, people will be tuning in just to check them out, see what they're about. Yeah, I think Arizona at least got more interesting. I don't know if they got better. We'll have to see, but I think they got more interesting. Next team up, the Los Angeles Rams clearly didn't like many in the draft at all. They just kept trading down. They come down off the board a few times, but the Rams do have a few areas they probably need to improve. Their offensive line could use some depth. Don't forget, Ndamukong Sue is not signed. He is still out there. I don't know exactly what they're going to do with him or if he's going to go somewhere else. The Rams did take Washington safety Taylor Rapp. Not bad. Memphis running back Daryl Henderson was also grabbed by the Rams. And that might be a good pickup because Todd Gurley, I don't know what to think of anymore. But this year for the Rams, it is Super Bowl or bust. Like they need to get there and they need to win it because they're about to have a bunch of contracts hit them really, really hard. I thought they would have been a little bit more active. I gave the Rams actually a D because they just didn't make that many picks. Yeah, um, I gave a C plus. Same kind of thing. I do like the fact, um, you know, when teams do this, if you don't like something, you trade down and you get extra picks. Yeah. So I like that part of it. But like you said, they, you know, with the contracts coming up, I would have liked to see more, a uh, little more aggression during the draft, you know, because like you said, this season, you know, they really need to put it all together. You know, they got close last year. 
But like I said, they're on a time clock because of the contracts. Um, so I, like I said, I'll give them a C. Like I said, I like that they, you know, since they didn't like it, they traded down for more picks. So long run, I think that's a good move. Yeah. But like I said, just for this particular draft, I'm, I'm going to say a C. Moving on to the San Francisco 49ers and the Niners took what many people considered actually to be the best player in the draft. They get Ohio State defensive end Nick Bosa. Now the Niners did also already sign D Ford in free agency. Hey, their pass rush could be a little bit improved as long as, you know, D Ford can stay on side and nobody does anything bad to Nick Bosa because Nick Bosa has said some things out in social media that might not go over that well in San Francisco. Yeah, I agree with that. And just Nick Bosa, the player himself. I mean, I don't think he's his brother. I mean, I think there is talent there. Yep. But like I said, you know, the Bosa name because of his brother out there and uh, with the Chargers, I don't think he's his brother. So between the two, little questionable. Um, I'm going to give him a C minus. Yeah, I'm going to give him a C plus. You kind of nailed that though. We don't know Nick that well. We know his brother, but we really didn't even see Nick that much. He was barely on the field. He got hurt last year, comes off. We saw some of the things he saw on social media and a couple things. He's, you know, calling Colin Kaepernick names, whatever. That's not going to go over big with the fan base there. Now, the Niners did also take a punter in the fourth round, so that's always a good sign. Yeah, the Niners, um, maybe Bosa ends up being another stud, and, and they just they have two brothers, and they're both phenomenal. Or maybe Joey's the guy, and Nick is not the guy. We'll have to see. Peyton and Eli. Yes. And it could it could genuinely be that kind of thing. They did go get wide receivers, Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd. I guess they'll battle for playing time. Their offense is getting better. If they can just get healthy and get Jimmy Garoppolo back, maybe their offense will be a little better. We'll see if Nick Bosa actually pans out. Final team that we have to discuss, the Seattle Seahawks also didn't really care that much about drafting all that many people. They moved down from their original draft position. They took a couple of picks back and dropped down to 21. Uh, they did get a, a defensive end out of TCU that I kind of like, but don't forget they did lose Frank Clark, so he is gone. But the Seahawks kind of need some offense, don't they? Russell Wilson doesn't have a ton of help. I don't know that they really went out and, and attacked that many offensive positions. Yeah, I agree. Um, I gave him a B minus. Same reason, uh, kind of that I mentioned before. You know, I like when teams, uh, trade down for more picks. Um, in this case, though, I think Seattle kind of had to because they are paying Wilson so much money. Yes, they are. So that's going to, you know, be a problem to them coming up. So, you know, I like the fact that, you know, that they try to get trade down more picks to hopefully find some diamonds in the rough because they're going to need to, to find players for the cheap because, you know, because of uh, Wilson's contract. You know, they did take one guy that's kind of an, of interest. They take Mississippi wide receiver DK Metcalf, who looks like a wide receiver, except for like the route running and the catching. But he, like, if you look at him, he looks like in a uniform, he looks like a wide receiver, just not that good at the actual, you know, the catching of the football and, you know, the running, the routes, that part, not good. But the other part, he, what did he have? Like 3% body fat yeah. or some bizarre <laughs> thing? Like he looks like a player. Yeah. He just doesn't really make that many plays. He didn't really do that much. You know, the guy who they might've got that might end up being better than anyone thinks. Gary Jennings out of West Virginia. I kind of like that kid. Wide receiver. I don't know that he's going to get a ton, but he might actually be more productive than Metcalf might be. Uh, the Seahawks, you know, just didn't seem that interested in, in drafting all that many people. They come in, you know, right around a C. And uh, that kind of finishes our grades for the NFL draft. But, you know, Rob, the NFL, once again, it just keeps our attention year round. We love the draft. It's a time for hope for everyone. I mean, except for the you know New York Giants. But, hey, training camp is going to be here before we know it. It's only spring, but I'm already like, can the season hurry up and get here? I can't wait for the NFL season to come around. 
yeah, like you said, year round, uh, they dropped the schedules uh, a couple weeks ago. So it just feels like every couple weeks it's something happening with the NFL. So, it, I mean, it really truly is, you know, feels like it's, it's year round. Again, in the NBA, we look at it and we say there's probably two, maybe three teams that can win it. Major League Baseball. We just look at the biggest markets. In the NFL, there are consistently six, seven, eight teams that can win it, and then it ends up being the Patriots. But if things would just break right, we could finally get rid of them. There are some teams out there that could, you know, surprise everyone and win the whole thing. Yeah, I agree. And uh, kind of like we talked about before, I mean, I think that's why there is so much, you know, excitement and hope with the draft and everything, because um, like you said, it legitimately is that many teams, six, seven, eight teams that, you know, legitimately have a shot to win it. Rob, it's always great to have you stop by the dose. We always enjoy your visits. Always enjoy. Uh, not only does Rob, you know, come in and do some of these shows. Rob is constantly contributing to the show. He's always sending things and giving us information, telling us stories that maybe we hadn't seen. Rob, we cannot thank you enough for the contributions that you make to the Daily Dose. You make it a better place, and we appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Hey, it is Friday, and we have made it through another week. I have to say thank you so much to Big Rob for stopping by, for spending some time with us this week. We always enjoy your visits, and I have to say thank you to all of you for listening to The Daily Dose every day. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you most of all for sharing the show. We appreciate that so much. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all on Monday. Have a great weekend.